All right, we've got some data here as we check in on markets. Uh, kind of a muted reaction to, I guess, for the most part, the ES uh, just off by about 10 handles from where we were as headed into the jobless claims and the GDP figures here. Let's bring in Dan Deming, the Managing Director at KCAM Financial. Dan, welcome. Uh, good to have you with us here. I'm not sure where you want to begin, I guess, in terms of these two numbers, jobless claims, GDP. I guess considering the circumstances this week, probably not at the top of the list in terms of potential market catalysts, but they do feed into the discussions we've been having as far as uh, factors the Fed has to deal with and uh, what's going on in this higher rate environment. Yeah, they do, Ben. And, uh, you know, the initial reaction was uh, slightly negative here. I mean, I guess my first question, if I look at these numbers, the revisions to the inflation numbers, are they bigger than what was anticipated? Or am I just seeing the initial numbers? Or am I reading them wrong? But it seems like in that GDP revision, it looks like they revised uh, the inflation numbers They higher. did, Dan, to 9.1 from 8.3. Now, they were expecting exactly. an increase here of 8 to 8.9%. So they were looking for a six-tenths of a percent increase. There we can see uh, again, though, uh, it does look like they did revise that, or I'm sorry, that it did come in higher, as you pointed out there, and a good right. eye on that, Dan, 9.1%, yeah. So, yeah, that's something that, you know, that's certainly not a <laughs> a trend or a, uh, a miss that the market's uh, going to probably react too positively to, and it isn't. At this point, we are seeing the futures drifting back down towards the lows. But uh, also, um, so yeah, it looks like there was some adjustments in that GDP number that were maybe a little bit outside of what the expectations were. Couple of that with it looks like non-farm payrolls coming in uh, at 207, if I saw that correctly, and that's uh, certainly at the low end of the range for uh, for quite some time. And well, hold on a second, Dan, because I've actually got 193 here. I'm looking wow. at so this is below 200,000, and I'm looking. It's the first time if. This is right here, and I'm going to double check this. The first time since April 28th, when we were below 200,000 jobless claims. Again, it looks to me like they came in here at uh, 193,000. They were looking for 215. Prior got revised to 209, is what it is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So either way, still those numbers are those uh, weekly numbers in the job. Yeah, that's a big number. number. Uh, continue to, uh, you know, we're, I guess in theory, we're seeing more and more people getting back into the workforce yeah. to some degree, and maybe that's the, the catalyst here. But overall, uh, if you're looking for the Fed to balk at their current uh, aggressive uh, nature, I think when you have data points like this, uh, that certainly uh, dissuades people from thinking that that's going to happen. And um, and you know the, these are these are data points that allow the Fed to continue to be very aggressive, and uh, that's the way the market seems to be reacting to it. You know, uh, uh, speaking of data points that allow not only the Fed to be aggressive here, but Dan, as I look at the German CPI numbers that just came across the wire as well as uh, we opened the show up here this morning, look at this at 1.9 percent for CPI on a month-over-month -month basis. They were looking for 1.2 prior wow. uh, was at 0.3. It looks like the year-over-year -year number up and through 10 percent. Hold on one second. As I zoom in on this, it is at 10%. They were looking for 9.4. I mean, that's a, a, an uptick, Dan, from 7.9%. We heard about overnight some of the state numbers, German state uh, inflationary figures coming in elevated. This is a, also a reflection of, again, again, how this trend, we should expect it to continue as far as not only the FOMC, but here's a reflection of how the ECB has got uh, uh, some uh, activity here to uh, uh, force to be reckoned with as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I did not realize that, Ben. So the yeah, the, the fact that those numbers came in as strong as they are, coupled with what we're seeing here unfold this morning, uh, you know, is uh, is something that uh, 
I guess it, we'll have to see how the market contends with it. Yeah. But right now, it's not handling it very well. Uh, we are definitely selling off now as it digests these data points, and we're seeing reaction across various asset classes. You know, I just want to real quick check in in terms of markets here as far as get a quick look at the reaction too, because uh, on the one minute time frame, you know, again, as I mentioned, we were trading right around that 3,700 level into this number here. And uh, just checking in, let me just bring this chart into view here as far as coming off the lows from yesterday. I think this is going to be significant to watch. And this chart really says it all. I think how well, we did see that big snapback yesterday, Dan, the ES from 36.13, a new year low print all the way up to 37.51. Right. I mean, 138 ticks to the upside, nothing to shake a stick at. But you can see how we were talking about this earlier in the show. These drastic measures on behalf of central bankers here have provided limited follow through. It kind of makes me think about when the White House releases some strategic petroleum reserves, you get crude coming off for a buck one day and it's up three bucks the next. Yeah, exactly, Ben. I guess, you know, yesterday was viewed as a crack in the infrastructure from yeah. a central bank standpoint. And, you know, was that going to be something that was going to lead other central banks uh, to balk or to maybe hesitate? Mm -hmm. And so that's how it was interpreted. And plus, I think as they moved on with the velocity of the move off those lows, you know, you had some short covering as well uh, and momentum traders. But now uh, appears at least before just prior to the opening here, or just within an hour or less before the open, uh, it does appear that we're going to give up at least half of that, if yeah. not more. Yeah. So, you know, it looks like a one off situation right now. So the velocity of these moves, as you and JB were talking about, are quite astounding. And anytime you see that type of volatility, not only here in the uh, equity markets, but also when you look at it from a you know, other asset classes, like you, you and JB pointed out, the dollar move yesterday was astounding, and uh, even the treasuries, too. So, you know, I think that we're going to be in more for, for more of the same, and particularly when you get data points like we did receive either from the East, or from Europe, from Canada, or excuse me, from Germany, and from the U.S., and that continue to show that inflation is not in under control. Uh, you know, that's certainly going to lead to further uncertainty, which is going to lead to increased volatility. You know, Dan, along those same lines, uh, obviously, well, one of the concerns here is considering uh, the similarities as far as what's playing out in terms of the UK and, uh, you know, the US lawmakers sort of uh, putting their foot on the gas pedal while, uh, you know, policymakers are trying to kind of slow things down a little bit. But um, uh, it does sound like the UK situation is a little bit different in terms of how this uh, factors into um, uh, um, uh, some of their, um, you know, the longer term aspect as far as uh, um, um, their retirement plans and some of the pensions ultimately. I mean, this is not necessarily apples to apples here um, in, in terms of comparing the two. No, it's not. It's not. And, you know, they've got other issues with the Brexit situation. Mm -hmm. Energy crisis they're dealing and, with, and, the, and the energy situation. New prime minister ultimately. I mean, there's a fair amount of unease yeah. there and uncertainty. Yeah, exactly, and 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 the fact that the, the new prime minister has you know certainly initiated certain certain aspects yeah. or certain things and doubling uh, down on that today. Policies. Yes, exactly, yeah. Uh, and she, yeah, she's going to be talking quite a bit today. So, uh, you know, yeah, so it it, it is different um, in certain respects, but you know, from a global perspective, the things that are similar are the c consistent. Yeah. Uh, struggle with inflationary pressures, and uh, and uh, th that's the driving factor, really, from a global perspective. Now, it, you know, it's certainly starting to continue to unfold in other parts of the globe as we continue to see inflation really starting to move higher, based on some of the measures that were taken to combat the you know the pandemic, and and uh, and as you mentioned, just the uh, the, uh, the the 
the amount of quantitative easing that was in the system yeah. eventually caught up with the system. And now, um, you know, starting to come out. Yeah. Now it's time for it to come out, and Say the least. and 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 especially the the unique dynamic this time around, Ben, with the jobs market being as tight as it is. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's something that just has not occurred. I don't remember the last time that probably has occurred when we've seen inflationary pressures and the yet uh, unemployment rate continuing to move lower. You know, I think it really ties the two conversations together in terms of a couple things. One, these drastic times, drastic measures, limited reaction to or follow through after them, but ultimately uh, also how, again, uh, what we've been seeing in terms of these longer term fundamentals continue to weigh on the market, right? And so you get this temporary relief, but it's just temporary because the bigger picture is still playing out on a daily basis here. And to that point, Dan, a very similar situation. I know this may be a little bit of an abrupt shift, but I wanted to get your thoughts on what's been playing out because there's been a lot of debate going back and forth in terms of what these central bankers have done. Was it right? Was it wrong? Is it enough ultimately? And uh, what will be the cost of but or the uh, upside benefits of if there is going to be some, I mean, that's the intention, right? But but talk to us a little bit about uh, this ongoing debate in terms of what's been going on with this pipeline, right? Uh, Nord Stream pipelines, it's called sabotage, but earlier it was Russia kind of blaming uh, turbines and maintenance and on prior flow reductions ultimately. But it's similar to the conversation we were having, just sounds like uh, recent developments or the bigger picture discussion, no matter what, who's right or wrong, it suggests that these flows are going to be fractured for a while now, if at all, if they're going to come back online and ultimately, you know, kind of feeds into the discussions we're having as well. But this debate doesn't really matter as long as you kind of look at the bigger picture here. Ultimately, it means that uh, the pressures are going to continue. Yeah, I, I, there are certain other aspects of what's unfolding that, you know, are somewhat um, unique, again, because of the global dynamics right now. And as you pointed out, Ben, it is an interesting dynamic when you look at the energy space as far as uh, the supply chain issues. Uh, the you know the, certainly the confrontation that's taking place uh, you know in the Ukraine is uh, impacting that part of the globe heavily, and you're seeing it impacting the inflation uh, environment. And so uh, yeah, you, when you see things of that nature uh, taking place, the potential for something that you know could escalate into something even bigger. That's always a concern. But the one thing I do want to point out is that it, 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 we're not seeing too much of a reaction so far in the natural gas. It's still holding, you know, mm -hmm. trend, it's trending lower. And, you know, it's still holding the, the July lows, I believe. But, um, you know, we are nearing the lowest levels in quite some time, in a few months at least. And you are seeing production really ramping up. And, you know, as the technology advances in that space, the ability to ship uh, natural gas from the U.S. Uh, to Europe, uh, you know, that's something that's been in the works for several years now. And so you are seeing at least some of that uh, supply uh, being uh, counteracted by a global supply of natural gas. So, you know, I don't, you know, the, the markets are going to adjust based on, you know, demands, supply demand uh, metrics. And that's always been the case. And, you know, so in, in, in the case of energy, particularly natural gas, that can take years and years and years, and as well as uh, crude and, and, and gasoline as well. But we are seeing some adjustments there. And, and the, and the exportation of that was, had been ramping up for the U.S. for the last five to 10 years at least. And so at least, you know, there is some relief as far as the ability to uh, import uh, natural gas from other sources. Really speaks to, again, the dynamic environment uh, as we weather this storm, rates and 
uh, weather in general, right, as we head into this winter yes. uh, heating season, ultimately. And to that point, we'll get natural gas inventories today uh, from the EIA. They're expecting a build of 94 billion cubic feet. Prior was 103. So we'll keep an eye on natural gas prices, energy markets as well. Dan, I always appreciate you joining us to help us Thanks, break ben. down the numbers. And uh, today's jobless claims coming in significantly uh, uh, better than expected, below the 200,000 level. Dan Deming joins us from KKM Financial.